Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Six or Sense Podcast. I'm your host Lucas with Jonathan. And Jonathan, how's it going this week, man? Going well, man. We uh we only had one NBA Sixers game and we're gonna talk about it. Not great. So uh other that's not the great part, but other than that, things are going well. How about you? I can't complain, man. Just getting through one day at a time, man. Can't can't complain too much. But let's go ahead and break down the Celtics game. Yeah, well, the Sixers need to go uh, day at a time right now because they took a tough L to Boston, 117.99. We're going to just keep saying that Joel Embiid's out, even though everyone knows, because that is a beatdown that would not probably have been as bad if Embiid was playing. Or, or, might, see- not have, or might not have happened. True. So what do you uh, what do you see from this? And what, what's the good? The good? Well, we asked Tyrese game for uh, Tyrese Maxey for uh, thirty plus points, and that is exactly yeah. what it gave, gave us. You know, 30, 32 points, five assists. Not not the most efficient night from three, but overall not bad. Um, and Ricky Council gave us sixteen points in nineteen minutes. That's and I guess Mo Bamba ten points, six rebounds, one block in, in eighteen minutes. That's 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 about as good as it can get. Yeah. I mean, look, I thought the good was the bench scoring. I mean, we got 45 points from the bench. That's essentially half. I know you brought it up last time. This might be something we talk about in future podcasts if it keeps up. But this trend of – I don't think we've hit 100 points in four straight games. Or if we have, like – We did we, we did once. So three yeah. out of the four games we have not. Since That's pretty tough. Yeah. So I, I'm glad we got some bench scoring because, yeah, I mean – they put up 45, and then the starters put up the rest, like 54. But Maxi put up 32 of those. So, I uh, yeah, Council, Lowry. Uh, Lowry only had three points, man. I'm sorry, oh, no. It was pain. It was pain. Can, and uh, pain, Bamba. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, getting some uh, getting some points off the bench. So, that was good to see. But what's the bad? The bad is everybody else, everything else. I mean, we yeah. shot below 40% from the field, 33% from the three-point line. We had, what, 23 personal fouls, only turned over the ball nine times, which is nice. But, like, you know, we had 28 rebounds total versus 56. 56. That's awful. That is awful. We got beat. Yeah, it's and like our our perimeter defense stood up. They, they shot 22% from the three-point line, but... They still had almost 53% total from the, you know, field goal, overall field goal, which means they shot a pretty high percentage inside the arc. And with Boston, yeah. we know that, that that we know that that means that they attacked the rim. We also lost the th- free throw deficit. They had 37 to our 12 attempts. So, yeah, look, it, it was it was horrendous. It was horrendous. Like <sighs> Tobias Harrison, we'll talk about Tobias here in a minute, but Tobias, you know, he 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 was aggressive but could not hit the broadside of a barn. Kelly Oubre, who, you know, was supposed to be a scorer, came in. Buddy Heald is on a cold streak now. Ro- uh, Paul Reed, zero points, three rebounds, 14 minutes. Was a non-factor in this game. Yeah. I think we saw most of the center minutes go to Nicholas Batum, which is never really a good thing, right? So that we're in trouble. We are in trouble. Let the sirens ring. Light the beacons of Gundor. We call for aid. We need help. 
And yes, that was one of my best nerdy references that I was ever able to get into this podcast. I feel good about that. But in all yeah. seriousness, in all seriousness, no, like we we need help. We are severely undersized. And, you know, yeah. we said we, we need big man help. Maybe maybe it's DeMarcus Cousins, maybe it's somebody else. Who knows? But like we need it. We are undersized. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I was going to say the bad. I was going to go immediately to those rebounds, too. 56 to 28, that's double. They doubled us on rebounds. And you said the points, too. Yeah, we played great perimeter defense. I think they had 60 plus, over 60 points in the paint. Like, not just in the arc, in the paint. They're getting yeah. more than half half their points in the paint. Yeah. We got beat down. And that is, like, the interesting thing because this team, like, a lot of the media, especially on, like, ESPN criticizes the Celtics for taking too many threes. They, they only took 22 to. attempts. They only took 22 exactly. attempts in this game. We took 42. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, the Celtics evolved. They looked much different in this game. They played a bigger style. Obviously, they're able to do that without Embiid. But they just look real dangerous. And uh, we, like, rebounding and stuff like that, that. Like, I know it depends, like, who's on the floor. But I think a lot of that comes down to effort. And to get, like, double the, the rebounds for the other team, that just seems – like there was a lack of effort there, but I mean, what? All right, so I, you're, I assume I know who you're going to give player of the game to. I mean, do you? Maybe I don't not. even. You know what? I don't. Maybe I don't not. even know who I want to give this to. I thought you were going to go Maxi, but you know what? Maybe not. Oh, I I'll give it to Ricky Council. Ah, he had a plus like seven, it. the second best plus minus on the team. And he had 16 points, and like he's a rookie on a two-way, and he's our second-leading scorer in this game. Yeah. Like, granted, he he's not really aggressive from the three-point line, but I, I'm sure that will come in time. And even if it doesn't, the, like I mean, look, the guy has he has grit. He he rebounds. He defends. He's willing to attack the rim at four three throw attempts in this game too. So like, look. Ricky Council might the Ricky Council show might be the best part of like this whole entire you know Joel Embiid injury thing because we get to see him unleashed a little bit more because they're going to have more minutes for him because we're probably going to be losing a lot more games. Yeah, I mean, look, I wanted to give it to you, uh, Ricky Council too, because okay, the four for four from the free throw line, he went. That's a third of the team's free throws. We were so not aggressive again. This is like 12 free throws is embarrassing. You need to get to the floor. He got four, and he went four or four, and he had four rebounds, which is the second most on the entire team, which, again, is insane. But that's an effort thing. He's a guard, and he had the second most rebounds. That so is, I think that it's is a good shot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Also, did you notice Melton only played nine minutes in this game? I did not. Yeah. He did. Do you think that's an injury thing, or do you think that's more he's getting I out don't, of I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he's know. out of the rotation. I don't think so, but it is something to monitor. Um, look, if this is just yeah, we played against the best team without our best player, who is who probably would be the MVP front runner right now if he was healthy. So yeah, this was just horrible. But we we teased it already. I, I think it's time that we bring it up here. We got to talk about Tobias Harris. Yep. You know, after the game, he said he, he's on a skid and he needs to get out of his, you know, he has to, you know, do better. And he's absolutely right. He has to do better. He's his second. Uh, I think he's behind Joel. He's the second highest played player on the team now. And um, post All-Star, you want to know his stats for post All-Star? Yeah. It is 
10.8 points, 5.8 rebounds, 32% from the field, and 26% from the three-point line. Yikes. Not only that, but if we look at February as a whole, it's not much better. Because February's pre-All-Star, too. In nine games in February, he's averaging 14.6 rebounds while shooting 42% from the field and 25% from the foul of three-point line. So... What is going on with Tobias Harris? Because prior to this point, he was one of the most efficient players in the NBA. He's not doing that. And we have to ask why. What's going on here? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I like my original thought was just because I carried the Tobias Harris torch. And I was honestly hoping maybe we weren't going to talk about this. But we have to. We, we have to. Look, like, right. no, he, he brought it up. He brought it up. So we're bringing it up, too. No, you're right. And, uh, yeah, we can't avoid it. He's been struggling. I mean, the 25% from three in, in February 26 since the All-Star break. I wanted to just say, like, oh, it's without Embiid, but that's not true. In January, you and I were talking about his efficiency. And I don't well, know why. Like, maybe the team is just – maybe teams are just starting to realize that they, like, can stick out on them more. Like, we were saying the spacing isn't great without Embiid, but maybe they're, like, truly, like – having no space because the teams are just understanding that we're not going to beat them down low. And, and maybe that contributes, but I think then you'd see more inconsistency across the board. What I really think is I just think it's a slump. Like we, he had said that, and I think we should take his word at it. I think players go through slumps. He's, okay. I mean, he's 60 games into the season. He's like playing without someone. He's like, I know he's, I mean, has been in and out of the lineup over the years, but he likes, he's consistent. And that's like, he's built some chemistry there. I, uh, yeah, I, I really don't want to read too much into it other than I just think he's having a, a trouble lately and that he'll probably get out of it. Oh, I don't know. What well, about you? Well, let me just tell you his shooting percentages for each month in the season. October, 63, 66%, 54%. November, 50%, 26%. December, 48%, 41%. January, 51%, 35%. February, 42.5%, uh, 25%. Yeah, it's it's inconsistent. I mean, December and January were pretty good. Yeah, but here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, don't trade Tobias Harris. We should have traded Tobias Harris. I, I think because, like, I don't want to bring him back. This offseason, I don't think you bring him back. Yeah, but you think you should have traded him because, look, like, if you trade him, that, like there really isn't too much consistency. Well, okay, this okay. is Anthony Melton's second year. This is Batum's first year. This is B Buddy Heald's first year. Ubre's first year. Like, okay, there's just I, I no chemistry. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. However, and, and maybe maybe you don't trade him after the Zach Levine thing falls through because after Zach Levine come you know t is taken off the board because of injury, like what out trade out there really makes sense for the Sixers for Tobias Harris? There's really not one. So. Maybe yeah. you don't trade Tobias, but like now, you know, the crazy part is outside of him being, you know, he's the second longest tenured player on the team. Oh, Tobias Harris. Oh, yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah, it's that's crazy, why I think right? he needs to stay. I just I don't know, man. Look, if if I'm Daryl Morey in the offseason, I'm not giving Tobias Harris more than 15 million a, a year. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think he necessarily thinks that he's going to do that. And he's made so much money and he's 
like comfortable where he is right now that I don't think he needs to command too much. I don't think he's looking for a huge one. Maybe he just likes where he's at, the city consistency. He might take a, a hometown quote unquote. I I don't think so. I think he'll go. And it's smart for him too. Go look, if you can make more money elsewhere and you're still in your prime, why not, right? He's not in his prime. He's in his he, he I mean, age wise he's in his prime. How old is Tobias Harris? He's like thirty. If that he's thirty one. He's, he's thirty one. He's all okay. He's thirty one, going to thirty two. Yeah, he's and all right. His he's career right. earnings are two hundred and forty eight million dollars. That dude does not need any more money. It doesn't matter if you need it. If somebody's going to offer more money than what the Sixers would offer, then 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 he's going to take it. Yeah, I I think some players get to a point in their career where they don't. I mean, what about Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is different. Okay, first off, he's made a heck of a lot more money than Tobias Harris. Also, he's done everything besides win a championship. Now he's trying to win a championship. There's a difference there. Also, it's become very clear that nobody else wants Russell Westbrook as their starting point guard. So He's not starting now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, If he had the opportunity to start elsewhere and try to lead a team, I think he would take that opportunity. That opportunity is not there now. So let's keep that in mind. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? You know what? Well, who knows? But my point here is that I, if I'm, like, unless I can get him for, like, the mid-level exception, I'm not even going to say $15 million. I, I say the mid-level exception. If you cannot get Tobias Harris for the mid-level exception, and I know that he's good, but the fact is that inconsistency has plagued his time in Philly, and he's not getting any younger. Mid-level exception or not, or bye. Good luck to you, Tobias. Yeah, that that's that's how I feel about Tobias Harris. Now, if he bounces back, do you think the Sixers have a chance here, or do you think they're they're cooked either way? I don't think he's the uh, the hinge on that. Obviously, I think we agree that it's probably Embiid, but you need him. Like if Embiid comes back and Tobias keeps this up, no, nah, I don't think we have a chance. But well, if, no, I'm just saying can, if Tobias plays up to his season averages of 17-6 on pretty good efficiency shooting, like can the Sixers squeak out a can the Sixers go about 500? Yes or no? Without Embiid? Without Embiid until Embiid gets back. Yeah, they can go above 500. Not about I You're I, probably you're, you're on up. the 500. You're on the 500 line. I actually okay. do think they have one of the most difficult schedules remaining, I think they, they said. Do, but, they do, uh, they do. They actually do. But that's what the, the TV, the, it's good TV. Well, it, not anymore. Um, <laughs> if we're being <laughs> honest here, if we're being honest here, without Joel is not nearly as fun. Um, that being said, you know, we could blame Tobias Harris for this kid, but it's not just on Tobias Harris. And we've talked about Paul Reed last episode. So I think we need to go to the crux of all this, right? Yeah, well, it, that's the question. Is the crux, like, does the crux maybe lie with Daryl Morey? And w- if that is the case, is he potentially on the hot seat? I mean, look, like, we've discussed how we really don't love any of the backups for Joel. The roster construction seems, like, pretty good. But, I mean, the real question is just, like, could he have done more? Like, did he do enough, do you think, to make this team competitive? No, I don't think he did. And okay. there, there's a reason why. But let me just break this down for you really quick. When Maury was in Houston, you know what? After after the Dwight Howard experiment went down, you know you know what happened afterwards? 
He well, had a player that could w- w- step into James Harden's role in case James Harden got injured, which he never did, but could you know give similar production or at least you know all star level production in Harden's absence, right? Whether he's on the bench resting or if he's out of the game, whatever. He always had Chris Paul and then Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly. Maury does not have a high value on the center position. Outside, like, he traded Clint Capella for so that he could start Rocco at the center spot. Remember that? So we got to remember that. And maybe we'll go back to Rocco at center when he's healthy. But he's not going to be healthy for, what, another two weeks maybe? Maybe? Who knows with him? Who who knows, right? And, like, Rocco at center is not going to be the answer here. And I know that they made the attempt to make a trade at center, but Andre Drummond wasn't available, and I'm not paying a first-round pick for Kelly Olenek, right? So I get that. I get that. But these are things that should have happened in the offseason. You have to look back and say, did we overpay for Paul Reed $7 million a year? Yeah, I think everyone kind of thought that. Yeah, right, yeah. Like, it was nice to get him back. And I get why we wanted to get him back. He's a good energy guy. You know, he's he's fun in the locker room. He's fun for the fan base. But at the end of the day, I've said this one, I said, I said him again, he's a mid, mid-level to low-level backup center. And he's probably, his best role is as the best third-string center in the NBA. That is his best role. Because mm-hmm. he cannot be a fill-in starter. Like, he played 14 minutes in this past game, only had three rebounds. Like, and it's not like he had foul trouble. He just couldn't play against the Celtics. So the issue here is that you didn't properly prepare for Joel being out. And you can say what you wanted about, like, you know, um, you know, Elton Brand being the primary decision maker or even, um, even Colangelo or, or Sam Hinkie. But they knew the importance of center depth. And the Sixers don't have it. Nope. At, at, at this point, heck, I kind of hope that the Washington Wizards buy out Rashawn Holmes and let's bring him back, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm considering it. Like, why not? Give Rashawn, at least he can rebound. At least he can defend a little bit. He's a little bit bigger than, than like, uh, Paul Reed. Like, I don't know, man. It's 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 a weird situation, and I feel like this is definitely a mark against Maury. This is not the first mark against Maury. How he handled the Ben Simmons situation. He first tried to trade him for James, didn't work. Ben Simmons, the whole entire holdout situation with Ben was horrendous. Trading for Harden, the, the contract situation with Harden, that eventually led to him asking out. And then let's see here. He drafted. He did draft uh, Tyrese Maxey. He came in towards the tail end, right before the draft. He got Tyrese Maxey. Congratulations, good job. Then, then he. Um, but then, what has he done in the draft afterwards? Jaden Springer. He's gone. So, like, what have we done? We traded uh, our pick last year for uh, for DeAnthony De- Melton, and then this year we didn't have a pick. Didn't try to trade for one, nothing. We just, and granted, he was able to get rookie counsel. Cool. Two-way player. Didn't get drafted for a reason, right? The guy's not willing to shoot threes in the NBA. He's willing to shoot them in the G League, not in the NBA. So, and, like, I'm not saying that Maury hasn't done good. He's done a lot of good. I mean, 
getting rid of Doc Rivers was a good choice. For you know, bring making the the trades that he was able to uh, maximize Ben Simmons's value was able to get James Harden, and then you turn Ben Simmons essentially from James Harden into. So we take Ben Simmons. Let's just talk about this for a second. We take Ben Simmons two picks, Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, turn them into three role. Uh, we turn them into. Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, Buddy Heald, because Buddy Heald was Marcus Morris, right? Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, right? Yeah. So considering where Ben Simmons is right now, that was a good deal. But my my point overall is this, is just like Doc, Daryl has not gotten out of the second round here in Philly. Does not feel like that's going to be the case at all again this year. And I know that he just signed an extension. So, like, Daryl's probably safe this offseason, right? But, like, how many more years of prime Joel do we have left? Like, if he can't muster – if it, I the, the assumption here is that the Sixers are going to make big swings in the offseason, right? Whether that be trade or free agency. Probably trade. Yeah. If more I mean, misses I, on them, the Sixers are in so much trouble right now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Yeah, look, I I actually think he might be on the hot seat. I know that you, like, he just signed the extension, as you said, and we're like there has been some good. Um, but I don't – I, like, actually don't think players like him all that much. And, I mean, did you see – it's, like, even more proof. The uh, Chris Paul was on Dwayne Wade's podcast today. Uh, I dude, didn't he see roast, it, no. He roasted Maury. So, um, also, Mello can, you, was, can you explain what, what Chris said? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Mello – but, like, to go back, I know, Mello I was on – I know, I stuff. Uh, we've heard yeah, all the so Mello stuff. Chris Paul said, though, like, he was shocked when Mello came to his room being like, what the hell, like – like, did you know all this stuff? And Chris Paul was like, no. And then Daryl Morey essentially was like telling him that he would like go back on the team plane the next day after like he's not going to be on the team anymore. So Chris Paul was like, that bothered me so much. He's like, I literally got a private plane for uh, Carmelo. So he, and like me, so we wouldn't have to go back on the team plane. Like he just said that's so effed up. Just not going <laughs> to say exactly yeah, what he yeah, said. Of course, that, of course, of course. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's like, I got a plane for him. And then he said later. Uh, that Daryl Morey called him when there was discussion about uh, going to OKC, and he was like, "Hey, do you want it? Like, are you sure you don't want to go to OKC?" And Chris Paul was like, "No, I don't." And he was like, "Okay, like, I'm not going to trade you anywhere you don't want to. You chose to come to Houston from the Clippers, so I'll, like, I'm not going to trade you anywhere you don't want to." He said literally later that day, 
his uh, phone was ringing and they said that he's getting traded to OKC. And he was like, I thought you said you weren't going to trade me. And Daryl was like, yeah, I said that, but, and then Chris Paul just hung up. Cause he was like, that's all I need to know. Like he isn't a man of his word. Like he disrespected mellow. And then he straight up traded me right after he told me he wasn't going to trade me. So, I mean, I don't maybe think we should people, believe James. Maybe we should. Yeah, no, like seriously, that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't get me wrong. I do not like James. I think the way that was handled was BS and I'm not a fan of James like yeah. doing that. I'm glad he's out. But at the same time, I think that Chris Paul's like comments give a lot more credence to maybe that he, he was telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, James moving on was probably best for the team. Could this team probably survive a little bit better with James? Maybe. But at the end of the day, it allowed Tyrese to grow, and James seems happy to be back home in in L.A., and, you know, that's good enough for me. Look, Maury, you know how people are saying Doc Rivers, this is his last stop as as a coach? Is it outrageous yeah. to say this This might be, if, if Maury doesn't, like, get stuff done here, if this might be his last chance as a GM? Or do you mean, think he'll get another chance? I think he might get another chance, but not immediately. I actually think it would be like a thing where he's like, he needs to take a little bit of time off. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. everyone knows he's like a protege of Sam Hankey, like similar styles, and Sam Hankey's out well, of the Well, okay, like, Sam, Hankey, Sam Hankey was actually his protege. So, like, Sam Hankey learned from. Yeah, so, but like, same yeah. tree, and now Sam Hankey runs like a venture capital firm. Like, maybe he would do that. I mean, he always talks about like trying to find different things that challenge him. And if basketball wasn't doing that, like I also think that that may just be an interest of his that like if he was to get fired or something that he'd want to find something else to do for a little bit. So I don't think it's crazy to say that he, if he left, that he may not come back. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll definitely have to wait and see. We'll, we'll, I don't know, man. Look, it's it's a, it's a tough situation, but uh, Maury definitely has definitely gotten negative attention and rightfully so. So, it is time for around the NBA, and I'm going to let you go first this time. All right, so let's see for around the NBA. The I think in the West, the team that's most needed to be talked about is the Golden State Warrior, Warriors. Um, I would put a little uh, sprinkle, a little money for them to be an NBA champion. I'm not kidding. Like I, I really? think the way that you think so? I'm not say, no, I'm not saying they will, but I think that there's a lot of value. I mean, they're in the ninth seed. They're in the play-in. I don't know. I just think it could be a little bit of money could turn out great for you, and it's not a big loss. Look, this team is 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're playing good teams. Klay Thompson is legitimately balling coming off the bench, and I think it's because he's pissed off, but maybe that's the kind of way you need it. Steve Kerr just signed a two-year extension basically saying, like, I'm staying here till Steph's done. Jonathan Kaminga and Pods look legit as young talents. Chris Paul came back yesterday. I just think that I would watch out. They they said their goal after the All-Star break was get to get to the sixth seed. They're three and a half games behind. I legitimately think they're going to get there. So I would keep an eye on Golden State. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship, but I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs that people might not see coming. So you say Golden State Warriors. I'm going to take a different team in the West, and they're my dark horse to contend now, now that they made some trade deadline moves, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. They're 7-3 and okay. three in their last 10 games. And now that they have a little bit more size with P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford backing up rookie uh, big man uh, Derek Lively, I and the fact that they're healthy again, whew, let me tell you something. 
They're a dangerous team. If I and they're in the eighth spot right now. If if I'm a top tier team like the Thunder or the Timberwolves, I don't want to see them in the first round. Yeah. Because now they either either they have the size to combat Minnesota size or they have the size to bully the Thunder. So either way, now now if I see if they get into like a series with like the Nuggets, like yeah, I'm gonna take the Nuggets, but like or the Clippers, I'm gonna take them. But like they they could be a feisty team in the playoffs. I I I like what I've seen from them lately. Okay. Um. All right. Well then, yeah. If we head over to the East. I said last week, and I'm going to keep repeating, I think the Washington Wizards are the worst team in the NBA. They have now lost 12 straight, so longest losing streak, and they now have the worst record. They're still above based on a tie break, but they will not be after long. So keep watching after that. Um, the Celtics, I mean, we can just keep going back to this. I'm terrified of the Celtics. That team is elite. They have a double-digit point differential. They've won nine straight, seven and a half above every team in the in the East. Uh, like at least five and a half above teams in the West. They are rolling. If they stay healthy, I don't see why they don't win the championship. Um, and then the last one, I think you might want to dive in a little bit more. And if you do, I, I won't say too much, but the Miami Heat, I mean, that's who you were saying was like going to be a, uh, that was your pick to like potentially make some noise. They jumped from like being in the play and up to the five seed. They're right on the verge of getting to like a home court advantage for the first spot, first time. So Five-game win streak. Uh, Miami's looking like the team we saw in the playoffs last year that made it to the finals. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a chance there. Uh, you know, they're still waiting to get healthy. We'll see what, how that goes. I, I actually was going to go back to the Knicks in the Pistons game the other night because I want to talk about that no call. Oh, yikes. We got to talk about that because yeah. I haven't seen such an egregious no call in a long time. That play made me just as upset as, like, you know, Rambus getting co- clotheslined by McHale, right? Like, it's one of those plays. And, and the fact is, is that, it, it, I mean, granted, it wasn't the quote-unquote, it wasn't at the end end of the game, but it, it was a, it definitely swung momentum in the Knicks' favor. And the fact that there was a referee right there and then the referee that didn't call it said after the game that they should have called it. This is a really bad look for the NBA, man. This is a really bad look. And it looks, uh, and you know, it feels like they're almost purposely making sure that the, the Pistons lose. Uh, granted, you said the, Pistons, it. the Pistons did win their next game, but still. You said it, not me, but I mean, people are thinking it, right? Everyone's always thinking like Lakers and Warriors, they want to win. And uh, yeah, I mean, why not have New York be good right now and have the Pistons lose? They don't. They've only won nine games. Like, it's not great to think about, but everyone always thinks those con- conspiracy theories. Yeah, and I'm not like a big sports conspiracy theorist. Like, I don't think the NFL's rigged or anything like that. But it's it's stuff like this that get definitely gives it credence. Definitely want to want to give it credence there. Yeah, but besides that, I mean, I don't have too much to speak on here. I mean, we all we recorded on Sunday. Today's Wednesday. There's not been that many games. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have too much. Do you want to cover any any anything else there? No, the only thing else I would just briefly touch on is uh, I think a lot of people are spinning an interview that came out with Dame today, um, basically saying that like he goes to work and he comes home and he just like 
plays video games, if he's not working and like he doesn't really have a social life. A lot of people are like trying to spin it, him being like unhappy. I think it just came across that like his family's at home, like in Portland. He, he doesn't have those around, so there's just not as much to do. But I mean, any any uh, speculation of stuff like this is obviously not going to team help a team that's struggling. I know they've won three straight, but not great competition. So um, I just think people are piling on a little bit for the Bucks, and uh, hey, it's not bad for us. No, it's not bad. Uh, look, the Bucks are not going to do much this offseason. I mean, I mean, I'm saying this called uh, the pot calling the kettle black, right? But like, they're not, and that's okay. Like, but it it's really going to be interesting now that Dame has a legitimate superstar. Can he win a championship with a yeah. superstar, or is he was he was that just a one time wonder? Like that's that's the real question. Like it, I think it, this next two years in in Milwaukee will really define Dame's legacy. And this this comment does not necessarily it, it it could be spun either way, but the results of the next two years could make this comment seem like not a, a non issue or really really bad. Yeah, completely agree. Um, but yeah, as Lucas said, not too too much going on since our last recording. We'll still be on Joel Monitor Watch. I guess he's probably as, I think, a week and a half before they're reevaluating him. We don't expect too positive news, but just maybe more of a clear timeline on potential return before playoffs if possible. Um, but, yeah, thank you for everyone listening. You can continue to listen anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Please continue to go read our work over at the thesixersense.com. We always appreciate the readers over there. And until next time, go Sixers. See ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.